This podcast is sponsored by Midwest Loan Services, a leading provider of mortgage loan subservicing. Mortgage subservicing is a highly demanding and regulated discipline that requires precise expertise to handle thousands of complex tasks. That's why lenders nationwide trust Midwest Loan Services to simplify loan servicing, reduce their costs, and mitigate their compliance risk. Learn more at MidwestLoanServices.com. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. Sharman Lent knows that coast-to-coast financial credit union members must be able to access their accounts from anywhere, at any time. But she also understands it's important members receive a warm welcome when they do walk into a branch. I'm Jennifer Walt, a senior editor for CUNA News and Credit Union Magazine. I recently spoke with Lent, the president and CEO of $20 million asset coast-to-coast financial credit union in Tampa, Florida, and a 2018 credit union rock star. We talked about how to provide an excellent member experience to an on-the-go member base through both mobile channels and in-person branch experiences, as well as her leadership style and what traits she believes make a good leader. First of all, congratulations on being named a 2018 Credit Union Rockstar. What was it like when you heard the news? It was very surprising, um, and uh, I was honored uh, at the same time. And uh, I've been in the credit union industry now for 33 years, and it's it's nice. It's nice for um, to have that recognition and to be recognized by your peers. It's it's very flattering. And what does it mean to you or your credit union to receive this honor? Um, the credit union, you know, they're very supportive. They're very, um, and just like me, you know, I'm, I'm very humbled by it. This credit union, we've all, we've been through a lot. The board is a super supportive board. You know, when you're a small credit union like this and you go through the Great Recession, there's a lot of turmoil. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to overcome. And so this kind of, this kind of makes us feel all, you know, everyone feels good about this because, um, it's a lot of work. It's not a lot of work just on my part. Um, you know, and I, and I always tell my staff that they make me look good. <laughs> so when, when this came out and everything, I hadn't told them anything about this. I hadn't said anything. And so when this came out and, and I sent out, you know, to the board and the supervisory committee and the staff, and I told, you know, them once again, I was very humbled by it. And, and that again, you know, the staff is, they make me look good. So let's talk about your credit union a little bit. Coast to Coast Financial Credit Union, you're a smaller credit union, about $20 million in assets, and you serve a membership that's very mobile, the trucking industry. These are folks who can't always make it into a branch. They're on the go, but they need access to their funds and their accounts and whatnot. Can you talk about why it's important that your credit union offers those members the mobile options that you do? Well, Jennifer, I think you said it best. I mean, it, it it's, um, they're a, um, <laughs> they're a very transient group. You know, we had at one time, you know, this credit union was transportation and industry credit union. And, you know, over a few years, we've gone through some transformation. But all in all, our core field of membership is still the trucking industry and very loyal members um, and 
UPSers, we call them, <laughs> you know, uh, UPS freight, uh, UPS package car drivers. And we all know that they're extremely, their schedules are just crazy. I mean, they work easily 10 hour days, if not more. So we want to make sure that they have access to their accounts to either if they have an inquiry about something, if they need money, um, you know, no matter what, you know, city or state that they're in, ATM access and shared branch access. You know, it, it all, all those pieces fit together well for this industry. And then the mobile part of it really has just, has just rounded things out because sometimes some of, of the, the drivers, they may be in another state and being paid in another state and actually get a physical check. So at times that would um, pose a challenge and, you know, depending upon shared branching and where the nearest location was. So the mobile branching and remote deposit capture, I mean, that was just paramount for us. I mean, that was a, that was a priority. But at the same time, you know, that's a slippery slope. You have to be ready for remote deposit capture. You, you have to be ready to manage it. <laughs> so it's been, you know, the past 18 months has been, it's been challenging, you know, compliance wise and, you know, serving the members and keeping up with all those electronic avenues, keeping ourselves educated on those and the latest and greatest of everything, but most importantly, our members. And what have you heard from members? Do they appreciate these mobile and electronic options? Yes. Oh, yes. And it's always, it's across the, no matter what generation you're talking to, I mean, they're in those electronic avenues and they know they have to be in there to have all the, you know, up-to-date information. And they just think it's the greatest thing that, you know, their credit union is keeping up with everything and serving their needs, you know, no matter where they are and, you know, what, what device that they can get to. So they're very pleased, very pleased. At the same time that you're offering these mobile options for those on-the-go members who may be in a different state or maybe have crazy hours that don't line up with hours that your branches are open, it sounds like Coast to Coast Financial also realizes that the in-branch experience when members are able to come in is super important as well. We do. We have a fabulous staff. Probably about six years ago, we changed all of the job titles to consumer financial advocates and senior consumer financial advocates. And whether I'm, you know, the president CEO and our controller, Tanya, we all are a consumer financial advocate. So it's just that. I mean, it's being an advocate for our members and trying to help them and educate them and getting the most of their money and their, you know, their, their hard-earned dollars. It's one-on-one, -on -one, it's personal service, it's answering the phone. Like I you know, said in my interview in the article, everybody wears a lot of hats in a small credit union, but the members so much appreciate that they can be helped usually in, you know, one person answers the phone and addresses anything that they need. And then the member experience in, in the lobby, it's always always a personable experience. You know, we, we, do, we do a lot of community involvement with, you know, like the, it shows in the article about, you know, the school supply drive that we did for one of the local schools here in the community. 
we really, we do a lot of decorating. We do a lot of, you know, gift basket, you know, little drawings and giveaways for the membership. And we like to keep it warm, friendly, and fun. I mean, fun for the members and certainly fun for the staff. I tell our staff all the time, we have to be here a lot of hours. And, you know, sometimes we're here and, and spending time with one another in, in a week and more than what we see our families. And we just try to keep it fun. When it comes to the in-branch member experience versus the mobile member experience, do you guys kind of strive to provide the same kind of experience in terms of quality, regardless whether your members are reaching out to you via their mobile phones or dropping into the branch? We certainly strive for we strive for that, Jennifer. But that's um, it's really in your your review and the vendor that you're choosing for that particular interaction with your member, and again trying to emulate your person-to-person experience and even your over-the-phone experience to hopefully the same easy, simple, friendly experience, whether you're going online and into home banking from, you know, your laptop or your desktop or you're logging into, you know, you're you're logging into the app. That is the goal when you're looking at all, you know, your, your vendor selection and choices and kind of, you know, drilling down to <laughs> what what's going to work and again, you know, what stays with, you know, your your core values of the, with the, you know, the credit union and your service. What have you found are key components to providing a great member experience for your members, whether they're coming into the branch or accessing their accounts through mobile banking? It's always two things to me, um, and it's always been that, and well, really three, but one is approachable, always being personable, and always doing the right thing. Can you explain some of those? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, from an approachable standpoint, just that, I mean, being warm and friendly, and, you know, that goes into being personable as well, because people... Uh, you know, people just communicate better, I believe, on a level and where they're comfortable, they get to know you a little bit, and they trust you. I mean, it, it just it just really comes down to that approachable, personable, both of those factors being in the trust factor. Sometimes it may be a longer period of time. Sometimes it could be a very short period of time. And then I always, always, always stress to the employees, always do the right thing. I mean, sometimes you have to consider what might be the tough thing is going to be the right thing, but it has to be the right thing for all the members. So always consider that when you have a member that, that, you know, may have come into a hardship or, you know, they're in, you know, some type of struggle, you know, we certainly want to help them, but you have to consider the, you know, that you have to consider it's, it's, it's the membership as a whole. It's the members, it's the members money. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things and, and, and factors that you have to consider, but always do, you know, always doing the, the right thing. So let's shift a little bit away from your actual day-to-day operations at your credit union to a little bit about yourself as a leader. You've been CEO at Coast to Coast Financial since 2011. Is this your first CEO position or what's been your background up until now? Um, no, my first CEO position, I think it was in, well, what was it? Let's see, it was 1999, I think. 
um, I was the CEO of Florida Customs uh, Federal Credit Union for, I think that was about six years. And then I moved on to another credit union and um, a vice president's role. And then uh, from that credit union um, to, at that time in 2011, we were service first credit union. But I started my very first job in the credit union industry was straight out of high school. I was fortunate enough to become a teller at a credit union that's still here in Tampa, Florida Central Credit Union, and uh, straight out of high school. And what afforded me that opportunity was my senior year of high school, I worked at Hardee's. So I had cash handling experience and customer service experience. So that was my very first credit union job. And, you know, I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with it. And the whole people helping people, I'm sure there's Maybe a name, Jennifer, you might know, um, or maybe not, but Mr. Ed Galligley at the time was the president and CEO of Florida Central Credit Union. And I kind of feel like at one time, Ed was probably, you know, he's he was a very, very large presence in the credit union movement. And I was very fortunate to, I think, learn from him and have my very first credit union job in his credit union. What kind of advice or tips did you pick up from Ed that have helped you along your career? Ed was a very strong leader, very strong. <laughs> and, um, you know, there were, there were some things in Ed's leadership style that they will, it will stay with me. It will stay with me forever. And, you know, I think it's that strong leadership style and communication. You know, I recently had a, an EVP at a very large credit union asked me, you know, she had recently been to some leadership training and she said, you know, what do you, what do you feel was the the best leadership training that you had or, you know, that really resonated with you? And I think over my years of experience, Jennifer, there's in the leaders that, you know, that, that I have worked for, there's been good and bad traits that you take from each leadership style and that you learn from each leadership style and you leave each one of them with, I will never treat and, and, and be that type of leader in certain situations. And then a lot of other traits that you pick up that stay with you and that you add on to your leadership style then that complements it. And how would you describe your leadership style or how would others describe your style? I describe it and I think others would describe it the same and straightforward. I believe that everyone knowing the expectation, the overall goals, the expectations of everyone and how we're going to get there, um, certainly lead by example. And you have to have a sense of urgency and you have to have a sense of pride. If you work here whether it's here or anywhere, um, you know, you, you should have a sense of pride. If uh, you walk in and there's some litter in the parking lot, you know, pick it up. <laughs> pick it up and throw it away because um, this is who we are. And um, sense of urgency, it's exactly that. Everything, you know, every member call, every member that walks in the door, the members are always first. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's the controller or it's the teller. The member is always first. The phone calls are first. The members are first because without them, the rest of us don't need to be here. And I'm very big on, again, being personable. 
you know, there's no one better in any organization than anyone else, um, whether you're the CEO or you're the director of first impressions. And director of first impressions, those that's your tellers and your receptionists. And they, <laughs> the very, very, very important and integral parts of our organizations in that they make that first impression. And I think a lot of people understand if you go to a restaurant and it's a new restaurant and they're not ready and you have a you have a horrible experience, I mean that's your first impression and you're you're probably not going to go back. <laughs> so, I'm pretty straightforward and simple, honestly. Are those kind of the traits that you believe an effective leader has or are there other traits that you think someone who's really good at leadership has? I think those are effective traits, certainly, of leadership and and moving an organization. You have to be able to instill that success drive in everyone, and everyone understands that, to me, success comes from failures. If you never tried anything and you didn't fail, you're never going to have success. It's going to happen. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes. But to be successful, we... We have to make those mistakes and we have to be fighters and we all have to be on the same page and communication. Communication is is key. Those sound like some great traits. Was there anything you wish you would have known before you stepped into your first CEO experience or something that you wish somebody would have told you that you had to learn on your own? Um, not really. I mean... Coming into coming into this credit union almost eight years ago, it was it was a very very difficult time. But I knew I had done my research, <laughs> and I I knew what I was coming into. But I think maybe I, I wasn't prepared as much for just how much of a battle and struggle it was going to be from you know a lot of various aspects of the business. You know, some days I just, you know, I, I not even just days, but weeks and months, I would feel like I was in a an ongoing game of chess. <laughs> and always, you know, you're you're just your mind never shuts down because there were a lot of of very big challenges and obstacles to overcome for the first, you know, first few years that uh, I was here, but. We we did it. We did it. And finally, do you have any advice for maybe a young professional that's sitting out there who's going, I want to be like Charmin. I want to be leading a credit union at some point in my career. My advice would be um, to get involved and to learn learn everything you can about this movement. We need We need fearless young leaders in this movement to keep it going. We need leaders that understand the people helping people and leaders that understand you don't have to be a big credit union to be a success. I'm just afraid that, you know, our credit unions are are going to be the demise of credit unions, sadly. And I'm afraid that the up and coming leadership, maybe, maybe they don't see that so much because you know, really an understanding the history of the movement. That's a big concern of mine, very big concern. So that that would be my advice is learn all you can and be passionate about it because it's it's worth it. 
very worth it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. This podcast was sponsored by Midwest Loan Services, a leading provider of mortgage loan subservicing. Learn more at MidwestLoanServices.com.